Welcome to the teaching ministry of Paseo del Rey Church in Chula Vista, California. Good morning, friends. I don't believe we've met yet, but friends are very important to me, and now I have made friends with Carl Miller and Pastor Gary and Jen, give me a chance to make friends with many more of you. My name is Bob Blinko. I have a wife and three children. I raised my family in Iraq. My wife says Iraq is a good place to raise a family. What do you think about that? Maybe that's why we're still in therapy. (laughs) I woke up this morning at my cousin's house here in Chula Vista and uh, took a walk before the sun came up and watched the eastern sky turn a robin's egg blue, very beautiful, cerulean sky, and uh, found my way from the asphalt to the pathway, you know, and got into God's good earth, so... uh, It's a great town, Chula Vista. I live in a great town, too, Mesa, Arizona, where uh, headquarters of Frontiers is. Thank God it's Christmas. Thank God it's Christmas. To sing these great songs and to apply them not only to us who have been saved, but to think about them for the the rest of the world. Isaiah 9-2. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. Lord, how might we make this come true, this great prophecy? And who needs it more but the Muslim peoples every day? They prove what life is like without God and without hope. And this is where I've tried to make my life as an adult count most. The Muslim peoples of the world, especially Iraq and the Middle East, where I lived for seven years and learned two languages, Arabic and Kurdish. So we have this great text from Micah for this morning. And uh, we read to you the text, and then, then I'll show those six or seven slides with the help of my friends in the back. Tracy and Ethan, is it? Yeah. Hear the word of the Lord. Micah, this great text which speaks to me today and to all of us from chapter 4. This is where it's going to say, turn the swords into plowshares, okay? That's the text. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills, and people will flow to it. They're going to flow up. That's the wrong way for a stream, isn't it? They're going to flow up. They want it so badly, they're going to make their way to the highest of all the mountains, which is the mountain of the Lord. And peoples will flow to it, and many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. Okay, that's the Paseo del Rey connection. The path of the Lord, the way of the king. What a treasured name for your church. I'm so blessed. I know that Jesus is the answer to all the questions in Sunday school, but even Jesus talked about something more than Jesus. He talked about the way of the Lord, the Sermon on the Mount. 
It's a composite. It's a complexity. It's, it's to take back the night in a thousand different areas of our lives. So let's be all about Jesus and what Jesus taught. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he will judge between many peoples and shall decide for strong nations afar off. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, nor shall they learn war any more. But they shall sit every man under his own vine and under his own fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. For the, all the peoples walk each in the name of its God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Let the good news come now, O God, not only in words, but in power and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. Through Christ we pray, amen. Now that first slide, please, Tracy. Yeah, there you go. That's the name of my talk. Next. This is my wife. We're standing here at Ephesus. We've been married 40 years this year. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if I'd known she was going to be this beautiful after 40 years of marriage, I would have started taking better care of myself a long time ago. <laughs> Next. This is who we are. These are the icons of the Muslim world. This is where we're believing the Lord. People that walked in darkness have seen, will see, great light. Far as the curse is found. Where have we heard that before? Okay. No more. No more. No more, no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow. Yeah. We want to know how far that is. I was a pastor for six years in the United States and preached my heart out every Sunday morning. And then I resigned in order to find my way to the Muslim world and uh, to go beyond where there are any pushpins and anybody's missionary maps. I wanted to find the edge, the final frontiers, to go beyond, be the first footprints in the snow ahead of me. And the Lord gave me grace to do that. It turned out to be good. And we have some early victories. Next. Like this man here, this man came to faith. He's a leader in the mosque. He came to faith after reading the Bible. They put him in jail for six months and they beat it, beat it, tried to beat it. This is him after he got out of jail. Look, he's got the joy of the Lord. This is the real thing. This is a man now, Ephesians 2.12 man. He's now a man with God and with the hope. He no longer is without God, without hope. Next. But beyond him lays this multitude. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ for the peoples who still walk in darkness and who clash with arms, and, and it's this Muslim-on-Muslim violence. Once in a while, it overflows into our lives. I get that. But i got to say, a people who are without the Lord are destroying everything, doesn't family, structure, community. I think of my friends who used to live in these great cities of the Muslim world, which are now no man's land, the city of Aleppo. Oh, I read this week, it's going to all be over in Aleppo by Christmas. I thought, well, that sounds good. And that's not good. It means the whole city will be rubble by Christmas time. There'll be nothing. The water system, the collector. I think of the great city of Damascus, where I used to have teams. They've all had to evacuate. Thanks be to God, they evacuated to that part of the Muslim world where you can still live in safety. And the refugees now have come, and we are able to minister to the refugees. Okay, who've come out of Iraq and out of Sudan. Some of them are Christians, you know, long-time historical Christians, like the ones Pastor Gary referred to today, the Arabs who are mentioned in Acts chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. It's amazing. 
Arabs came to faith, and these have never been Muslim people, but now the Muslims are coming and uh, spray-painting on their walls of their homes the Arabic letter N. I have it right here. This is the mosaic of the letter N in Arabic. This is the, looks like a smiley face with a dot. It's the letter N. It stands for the Nazarenes. That's what the Christians are called. The Nazarenes. When you see this on your doorpost, you've got to leave with your whole family because they've declared your house legal for ransacking. And if you can make it to this city of safety, we'll meet you there and, and give you some, some new life. And so I've brought these mosaics with me, handmade by Iraqi Christians. They make it to our people. And they'll teach them the ancient art like Christians have always done. Make something worthy. Make something that endures. This is a, this is a mosaic. You learn it and then you, you fly, uh, uh, eat these in a kiln. And it's very... So I've got these in the back. If you're interested, uh, if you want to dry some tears, I know the Lord will dry all the tears at the end. If you want to dry some tears now, a high-end coffee cup coaster in the back right there. You see, $15 a piece, and all of it goes to these Iraqi Christians who have made it to safety. You can have a part in their lives. Next. And this is what I want to talk about today. This is a statue in the plaza of the United Nations. And New York City, go see it if you can get this. This was made, this is donated by the Soviet Union back in the 40s. Okay. But look what the statue is. You recognize it, don't you? It's what I just, this sword is already being beaten into a plowshare. It's halfway there. Next. Look at this. Okay. It's a mighty picture of the uh, prophecy of Micah. Thank you very much. And I've written a little poem about it. And this is it. See the mighty man with his hammer held high. He will bring it down upon the iron sword, and he will reshape it into an instrument of peace. Behold, already the reshaping has begun. I resided in Iraq as a missionary in order to bring about Jesus Christ and Christianity to Muslims, especially the Kurds. The Kurds, who say they live between Iraq and a hard place. Ha ha. <laughs> the Kurds, they're the punchline of all the jokes. For the peoples around them. How many Kurds does it take to change a light bulb? Things like that. And now I want to tell you, these brave people are on the front lines of freedom against the very bad ISIS on the other side of you. They are the front line of the free world along 620 miles. And they are dying for the freedom and liberty of their own people, but also to protect the bad guys from coming any further. And I salute them. Someday we will know how much we owe them. And the first fruit of the gospel is among them. <clears throat> Two stories to tell the whole story. First of all, finding God's love in the city of, Le of refuge. True story. I just uh, was in the Middle East and brought this story back with me about Layla and her husband and their children. Okay. Layla and her husband and children lived their whole lives in the city of Fallujah, Iraq, until ISIS stormed in. Layla and her husband and children had to flee on foot ahead of the rumble of terror, dropping possessions as they walked away from the approaching dust cloud. The enemy was closing fast. Just then, when things were looking their blackest, as they fled on foot from the fury of fanatics, a white pickup truck slowed down and stopped. Get in the back, the driver said. Layla and her husband and children scrambled into the back of the pickup, and off they went, bumping along, heading northeast to the city, which we call the city of refuge. 
Once safe, the United Nations issued Layla and her children and husband a blue tarp tent like they have thousands of other refugee families. One evening, God gave Layla a vision of a man who would tell her the story of Jesus Christ. She recognized this man. She'd already met him because he'd distributed uh, goods the day before. His name was Anwar. In the vision, God told Layla she would see him again. The next night, she saw him, and she asked Anwar about her vision. He said, yes, I was born a Muslim, but for years now, I have been a Christian, and I've started churches here among the peoples in the tents in the city of refuge. I can show you the way. Anwar invited Layla and her husband to read the Gospel of John. It did not happen all at once, but with the Holy Spirit as their teacher, their hearts began to soften. And when Layla and her husband read of the death of Jesus Christ, their hearts melted and they accepted Jesus Christ as their saviors. Me too. When I think of this person, the Son of God, carrying a cross to be killed Roman style, this should be enough to cause his Father in Heaven to judge the whole world and scorch all of us for what we did to Jesus. And yet it wasn't going to be like that. He was the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. When I think of him falling under the weight of the cross after they beat him, after they put the thorns, crown of thorns in his head, he falls under the ground. I don't think it was just down to his knees. I think he was totally on the ground now in the dust and the rocks of the Roman road and he couldn't get up and no one came to help him. And this was enough to judge the whole world for what we did to the Son of God, and yet it wasn't like that because on the cross he's going to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And if you can think of anything better than that for Christmas, you'll have to tell me because I can't. No wonder C.T. Studd said, if God calls me to be a missionary for Christ, I would not stoop to be a king. Okay. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and giving us and giving us and giving us the ministry of reconciliation. We are there for we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. I urge, be reconciled to God. That's our calling as a people. All of us are goers, or prayers, or warriors, or senders, or generous givers. Some of us have been privileged to be on the front part of that, and to go where there are no pushpins on anybody's missionary maps. A producer from CNN called me up in my office and said, we want to come tell your story on the news. I think the whole United States would be interested in hearing about an agency which is sending missionaries to live in peace and bring about the beating of swords into plowshares in the Muslim world at such a time as this. But I thought about my missionary friends and their children and their need for me to protect them. He came to my office and uh, sat down. I put a little statue between us, a statue of St. Francis of Assisi. I said, this statue was given to me by a Muslim who converted to Christ through the missionaries of frontiers. And now this Muslim ever lives for the Lord God Jesus Christ and by the prayer that St. Francis taught. And this is the prayer of St. Francis that I repeated to the producer that day. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is despair, hope. 
Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Oh, divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. It is in dying that we are born to eternal life. And the producer was a good man. And he looked at me and he said, yes, this is the story you want to tell. I said, if you tell this story, you will actually bring to ruin the very story that you're trying to promote. He saw it my way and he agreed not to go live with the story. So let me tell you this morning what I did not feel free to tell to 60 Minutes. What do I do? I send missionaries to the darkness where the need is great that they might start the way of the Lord among Muslims. That Muslims might hear of such a God as this who fell in the Roman dust and said at the cross, instead of, now, Father, let them have it with everything. Father, forgive them. The very unexpected, but the thing we all hoped God was like was he was loving and forgiving and he wanted us back. He wanted us back. Crown him the Lord of love. Behold his hands inside. Rich wounds yet visible above in beauty glorified. No angels in the sky can fully bear that sight. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove glories of his righteousness. He will judge the world with righteousness. That's what our text says. And people need the righteousness of the Lord. They need to live by the Sermon on the Mount. And if we will let other people gain what we have gained in such a God who taught like this, the blessing of the poor in spirit, that they will gain a kingdom, the blessing of the pure in heart, that they shall see God, the blessing of peacemakers, they shall be called the sons of God, the blessing of being meek, they shall inherit the earth. And we will see the transformation that we long to see in ourselves further and that has yet to begin in the Muslim world but will begin under the promises of God. Because many nations will come. This is, the, this is the prediction of the Lord. This is what must take place in the end times. And we are closer to the end than ever before, aren't we? So I'm going to make a prediction this morning. And you're going to be able to say you heard it here first. So get your phones and get ready to text your friends. You're about to be famous. What's about to happen in the history of the world? I'm not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet. I'm from a non-profit organization. <laughs> What's about to happen in the history of the world? Unexpected things. There, text your friends. But these unexpected things happen through the hand of the one who said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples among the least likely peoples because unexpected things are about to happen. That's how I got to Kurdistan, northern Iraq. It was like the closed country, most closed country in the world. I was the first missionary family to reside in northern Iraq in many decades. And now it's a pretty <coughs> developed work, but I can still tell you 
in the Muslim world where there are no pushpins in anybody's missionary maps, where the needs are the greatest, and I can help you go there. Producer of 60 Minutes want to know what I do. I had to write a song about it. There's very few songs written about what I do. <laughs> and I see this beautiful Steinway piano over here. What does hinder me from embarrassing myself? <laughs> you mind if I just go over and try and say it and sing a song? Wow, this is a beautiful instrument. <clears throat> this is called They Go There. We, imagine if you were in my office on Thursday morning. That's the best morning of the week. We are praying out new missionaries. That's the setting. We're praying them out to go to the final places, leapfrogging over the existing teams, going farther, okay? And uh, you're observing what we've just done. We've just prayed out a new family. I kept my eye on you when we prayed you out today. I know you said, don't cry for me, but what can I say? To me, you're brave and noble, faithful and true. You were blessed to be a blessing, and I have my eye on you. And there they go, footprints in the farthest snow. Going where there are no pushpins in any missionary maps. As God sent his son, so we are sending you to the final frontiers everywhere we go there. I read the book of Romans where you said you got your call to go beyond the ranges like the Apostle Paul. You asked me not to say that those are God-forsaken lands, for the day is coming soon when they'll all be in his hands. And there they go, footprints in the farthest snow, going where there are no pushpins in any missionary maps. As God sent his son, so we are sending you to the final frontiers everywhere. They go there. I saw you by the light of the campfire, talking with your friends, pointing toward the night. And when you stood and asked if we would pray for you, someone said, you know there are. A lot of needs here too, but there's a far horizon where the Father's calling you, so go with God and go with our love too. We have our eyes on you. He invites us to his banqueting table for his banner over us is love. Pastor Jin, Pastor Gary, I think you better get a, more chairs in this place because the end times are coming and the many, many peoples are going to come to the way of the Lord. Matthew ch chapter 8, verse 11. 
Many shall come from east and west and take their places at the feast. Take their places. That means their name tags are already prepared. There's many more elect. Pastor Jin, Pastor Gary, better get down to Ikea and get some more TV trays. I think there's a lot more people about to show up. And they're going to find not only the message of the person of Jesus, but the teachings of Jesus too. And that's the way of the Lord. That's this great redemptive message for which the Christmas story is the nursery of the whole. The Christmas story tells the whole in miniature. Before I went to the Middle East, people advised me that I should wait till the Middle East calms down. Put their hand on my shoulder. Maybe we should wait. You know, they said the same thing to Samuel Zwamer, the first missionary to the Middle East in 1890. Left the United States 50 years among the mission Muslims. Uh, cautioned him to wait till the Middle East calms down. And I can imagine, can you, that maybe 2,000 years ago, God could have called a council of the angels to tell them that the time had been fulfilled and that the Son of God would now be born in Bethlehem. And they could have said, Holy Father, why don't you wait till the Middle East calms down? There's a Herod down there, and people are liable to get hurt. And then you have no Christmas story. You have no hallelujah chorus. You have no joy to the world. You have no peace on earth. You have no glory to God in the highest. Do you want to know when we are supposed to obey this good news? It's not when the other missionaries got there first to pacify people. It's not when the way of the Lord is already present. It's when there is no way of the Lord, when the people are walking in darkness. And if it's not for everybody, it's for some of us. And it's for all of us to participate in as prayers, senders, warriors, goers, generous people. All about planting churches. That's the most important outcome of the frontier's mission in the Muslim world is church planting. This family, Layla and her family, who heard the good news, went on to plant 20 more churches in the city of refuge, telling other people this good news. We now know of, I'm going to give you a number here we've never seen before. We've, we now know of 140 churches formed in the city of refuge among refugees. Muslims, telling, Muslims who were Muslims telling the good news to others. It's going by itself. And, and Layla and her family have said, we're going back to Fallujah. It's as though we have been given a pickup truck. That's her words. Okay? This is their vehicle now, the purposes of Christ. So the best thing you can do is to start the leaven in the lump where there is no leaven, the first light where there is no light. So I rejoice in our salvation today and that the good news has begun its work in your lives. I know there's more to do in your sons and daughters and our grandchildren and our neighbors. Okay. But the work has begun. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ, for there is no work that has begun. <clears throat> and because church is the most important outcome, I believe in your church. And the most valuable, most strategic contribution you can make is to your church. So I say give generously. Your mission leaders are one degree closer to the action than you are when it comes to missions. They know better than you. So give as though the needs are great and your church leaders know where the needs are the greatest. So that's what I would say to you this morning. The research of Dr. Robert Woodbury has been very important to me as he has researched how the free world has come into existence, and he's made a remarkable discovery. He finds that wherever Christian missionaries have gone, there the free world has come into existence. There's a one-to-one -one correspondence. 
The most recent country to make Christmas a national holiday is South Korea. Okay, first country in East Asia. Uh, so what's, what's with that? It, it means that there's been such an influence among the Korean people because of the, of the good news of the gospel. And we have the records of the first missionaries that came to South Korea 140 years ago. It's not a pretty picture. They rowed their boats to the shore, uh, flaming arrows scorched, uh, coming into the water next to them. They barely arrived with their lives. They wrote the first letters back, don't send any more missionaries. These people don't want it. 140 years ago, by the leaven is in the lump, and it starts to work its way into the society. Okay. Until where are the largest churches in the world, the largest seminaries, the second largest missionary force in the world, you see. And they've taken their place among the peoples of the world who regard one another with the way of Christ. Because wherever Christ goes, he must have this effect. He will bring into effect the way we respect women and children and the marginalized and the invisible and the vulnerable. He will bring into respect and care the way we treat prisoners and the poor and the uh, the the miserable, the, and the newcomers. He will bring these things into our caring, because this is the way of the Lord. So, what is Christianity? Uh, let see if I've got my big definition here. Yeah. What is Christianity? Of which Christmas is the nursery. It must grow up like this. I believe this is not just cultural, this is what happens wherever the good news of the gospel has its effect on enough people that they start to make a difference among the society larger. Look at the text in Rome in Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. The Lord says, whoever lights a candle, lights it for the whole house. Okay. So I believe that when Christianity comes, many, many more people are going to be affected positively by it. Okay, so here's my definition. Get ready, all at one breath. What is Christianity? Christianity is the God-glorifying, life-giving, peacemaking, slavery-ending, family-mending, unborn-defending, refugee-befriending, wealth-creating, science-supporting, Christian children-protecting, private property-respecting, patent-granting, health-care-providing, free enterprise-rewarding, and justice-insuring way of the Lord that is being created where communities of Christians begin to win over sinful human nature. That's it in a nutshell. My wife said to me, Bob, you get this in your head, you've got it in a nutshell. Okay. If you want to see peace in the Middle East, send missionaries. If the humanitarian ideals that all people long to experience will come true for millions of Muslims, in Christ they will know the truth and the truth will set them free. Our own beloved lady with her hand held high in New York Harbor lit her flame from the lightning of the Lord of Liberty. Our founding fathers and mothers who cast that bell in Philadelphia took inspiration from the book of Leviticus, chapter 25, verse 10, let liberty be proclaimed throughout the earth. The freedoms that formed our Constitution derive from the Westminster Confession, where Presbyterians defended the principle that God alone is Lord of the conscience. The golden rule that has inspired all of us to ask, how can we improve our world, is because of Jesus Christ. So, because your leaders at Paseo del Rey are closer to the action than you are, you need to pay more attention still to the general giving of the church and the general mission of the church. The producers of 60 Minutes wanted to know what I do. I set Muslims on the path of the Lord. 
I set Muslims on the Christian foundation of freedom and democracy, human rights and the abolition of slavery, love and forgiveness, the creation of wealth, and liberty and justice for all. Because when Christianity comes, it affects everything like yeast in the dough. Love finds a way, for God is love. Oh, that Muslims would beat their swords into plowshares. This will happen when Muslims are free from the demonic strongholds, free to be transformed, empowered to love one another through the Holy Spirit. If Muslim countries will hearken to the teachings of Jesus and turn from their wicked ways, they will begin to experience the free world, the liberty and justice for all that we have begun to enjoy. But if Muslims do not hearken to the teachings of Jesus and do not turn from their wicked ways, then the city, what's happening in Aleppo and Damascus today will, will be played out in all Muslim places. We in Frontiers have found out where the needs are the greatest. That's why we go to reside in the Muslim world. But do not think it's because we're better than anyone else. D.T. Niles of Sri Lanka said, Christianity is just one beggar telling another where to find bread. Okay. We have found bread in Jesus Christ. Many nations will come and say, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. If you can think of it any better than that, you'll have to tell me because I can't. Our destiny is to take communion with the peoples of northern Iraq and southern Syria, Malaysia and Mali, India and Indonesia, and all the unreached peoples of the world before the end will come. We come to the conclusion of our time together this morning. I would say that the time has flown by like the wind, but I avoid cliches like the plague. <laughs> what is the future of Christianity in the Middle East? It has not been written, but it has been revealed. Jesus said, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. They too must hear my voice and be gathered into the one flock. You can count on it. If it is to be, it is up to us. In the movie Lincoln, Lincoln speaks of the time has come to create the Emancipation Proclamation. This is what he says in the movie. We have stepped out upon the world stage now with the fate of human dignity in our hands. Blood has been spilled to afford us this moment. Now, now, now. This settles the fate of millions for all time to come. Not only those in bondage now, but unborn millions still to come. Lincoln was, Lincoln was speaking of the African-American slaves. He could have been speaking as well for Muslim millions. Don't be under any illusion, though. Some of our sons and daughters who will volunteer to go will give the last full measure of devotion before this task can be completed. As the dwarf said in Tolkien's Return of the King, victory seems impossible. Death is likely. What are we waiting for? Friends, on some future day, when this spiritual battle has been won, we will look back and say we paid a great price and the price we paid was worth it. And though we started before the pharaohs of the world, in our trembling, we did pronounce the shalom, the salam, the peace that the Middle East and indeed the whole world needs now. All for thee, high king of glory, all for thee. For thine is the holiness and the splendor and the majesty and the adoration and the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. And how long is that? And forever and ever. And when you get done with all the forever and evers, then amen. Amen. Thanks be to God Almighty. Come now, long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From fears and sins, release them. Let them put their trust in thee. Amen.